Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. We're going to be in Philippians. If you guys have your Bibles, head over to Philippians. And we're going to just read three quick verses. I think a lot of us have read these verses before, but I love what Paul is writing to the Philippian church, what he's saying to us. And I love the attitude he's he's talking about of how to win this race of life, the attitude to have, the posture, the determination that it takes to get a life that is going full speed after Jesus. And we're going to be in uh, chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. If you're there, say amen. Okay, okay, okay. If you need some more time, no worries. If you don't have your Bible, it's okay. We have a big Bible right here on the screens that you can follow along with us as we read. And it goes like this. Brothers, or it says, I'm sorry, picking up in verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I'm not there yet. I'm not where I want to be. I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer, but, but I'm not satisfied where I am right now. But look what he says. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And I think going into 2020, all of us, have one thing in mind and is setting goals that we want to achieve for the next year. Now that Paul, he's talking about, okay, we should all have goals and here's how we achieve those goals. And so if you're taking notes, the title of my talk is this. It is hashtag goals. Hashtag goals. Turn to the person next to you and say hashtag neighbor goals. Your hashtag neighbor goals. <laughs> I love it. Everybody looks at each other. Some people don't just ignore the person next to them. It's okay. It's just... It's all right. If, I, if you don't like who you're sitting next to, I'm going to pray in a moment, and you can switch seats. It's okay. But we're going to have a good time in church, really believing that God is going to set the tone for our lives here in this service. So, Lord, uh, we thank you for today. Thank you for every single person that stepped to your house this morning. God, we believe that more than just my words being shared, God, it's, it's you who is speaking, Lord Jesus, that it's you who's speaking to every single person, every heart, every soul in this building here today, Lord Jesus. And I pray as we go into 2020, God, we will be so focused on getting closer to you, to the blessings you want to give us, to the dreams you put in our hearts, so that we would reach out with everything that we have to go after everything that you want to give us, Jesus. Lord, we know that, God, you are with us, you're for us. And God, I just want to thank you for the best blessing I've received in this last couple of weeks in 2019, that there's a Chipotle walking distance from my house. Brand new, it's beautiful, and it looks like what heaven would look like, and I'm so happy. And I want to thank you, Jesus. It's in your, it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. If you don't know, I, I'm infatuated with Chipotle. It's the best thing ever. I think there's going to be Chipotle in heaven. I don't know if that's biblical or not, but I believe it. <laughs> but Paul in the scripture, he's talking about the goal, going towards the goal. And if you don't notice already, maybe you haven't realized in your own life, we We are all going after something. Maybe we haven't set our goals out loud. Maybe we haven't written them on a piece of paper. Maybe we haven't put them out in the atmosphere. But but something every day wakes us up, and we're striving towards something. And I love what the definition of the goal is. Goal is this, is the object of a person's ambition or effort, an aim or desired result. 
We're all aiming every single day for a result, for, for something to satisfy us. We all want something desiring to get to. And I think, I mean, as we go into 2020, all of us, we're going to be getting our memberships to the gym reactivated because we all want to get that 2020 brand new bod and because uh, we want a desired result. We see our lives saying, 2020, I want this aim. I want a desired result. And goals are part of our everyday life. It's part of our society. And if you don't have social media, or maybe you do, uh, you've seen how goals plays into our social media world on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, you name it. Hashtag goals is one of the most widely used hashtags in the entire world. Maybe you've, maybe you've used it, maybe you've seen it, maybe you've, you've looked it up, you, you've searched the hashtag, looking at certain goals. Like, like if, we, if, we, if we were to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go on Instagram, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look up hashtag couple goals, you'd probably see an image just like this. Hashtag couple goals. You know, we got, come on, come on. I mean, like, the, the couple goals, they get better looking with age. I don't understand it. It's, it doesn't make sense. I don't, they're in their 50s, and they look like they're in their 20s. It must be that Puerto Rican blood. I don't know what it is. But, but A-Rod, just couple goals right there. Or maybe, you know, work has been stressing you out. You want to get away for a little bit. So, you, you know, I'm going to go on social media. I'm going to go on Instagram. I'm going to look up hashtag vacation goals. And you might see the Amalfi Coast right there. That's, that's a beautiful place. That is majestic. The Amalfi Coast where you, all your troubles can go away and you eat amazing, amazing Italian food. Or maybe you're like me. You're into cars. And you're like, man, you know what? If I had this car, my life would be so much better. So, you know, I'm going to do hashtag car goals right there. That's 72 Mustang. Beautiful design by God himself right there. It's a beautiful, majestic being of a car right there. Love this car. I drive a Toyota Corolla. It's pretty awesome, but it's not that. And uh, it's good on gas, though. It's good on gas. It's great on gas, actually. Or maybe you're saying, you know what? It's 11, it's 11 a.m. service. You know, I'm, I want to feel to kind of wrap this up because I'm hungry. And so I'm, I'm going to look for a place to eat. So I'm going to look up hashtag food goals. And you look at that fritanga right there. looks pretty good right now. We got that queso. Like, oh my gosh, it's the, the steak, the rice. I'm, my mouth is salivating right now. And and it's crazy because we look at all these hashtags and it's part of our culture, it's a part of our society. And I start thinking about it, I start realizing that, that maybe these hashtags are a reflection of what's actually happening in our souls. And it's almost like the things that we see on social media, the things that we see on TV, the athletes that we look towards, the business owners that are successful, we look at them, we see them from afar, and deep down inside we say, I wish I was like them. I wish I had what they had. I wish I had the money to go on vacation because if I did, my life would be so much better. I wish I had money so I can buy a car because the car that I have always breaks down and it drives me crazy. Then I'll be happier. And what happens is we set goals in our life based on what we see around us and think that once we achieve those goals, then our life will be complete and we'll be happy. We put goals in front of ourselves, these earthly goals that I say, if I reach this, if I attain this, if I achieve this thing or get this thing or have this come into my life, then my life will be complete. And if my life is complete, then I'll be happy. But here's what scares me sometimes when we set goals that actually don't, don't do much for our souls. What happens is, is because we put these goals and we achieve them and we think, we, we think where life is complete, what happens is there's a tendency for our lives to, to, to become complacent and become stagnant and become just an every day I achieved my goal in the last, I, I achieved my goal two years ago, I'm living in the dream, I'm doing well, I'm okay, I don't need any more goals, I'm a, I'm a successful business owner already, my, my marriage is great, I've achieved the goals, now I can cruise through the rest of my life. 
I don't know, for me, 2020 is, a, is an amazing opportunity to set some new goals in your life. To say, hey, you know what, 2019 was great. Or actually, 2019, it wasn't that great for me. But 2020, it's going to be better. It's going to be greater. And I'm not going to be average and say stagnant with things that I may or may not have completed. Going after things that actually aren't doing anything for my soul. So the question I have before we enter 2020 is this, is what is your goal? What goals have you set for yourself, for your family, for your marriage, for your business, for your job, for your, for your friendships, for your, for your serving? Like what goals do you have? And I'll follow up with this is, are they the right goals? Because here's the thing, you can have great goals but not have them be the right goals. And what ends up happening is you waste energy, time, and stress going after something you were never meant to go after. I believe there's a big problem with our society going after our goals is this, that whenever you chase the wrong goal, your life runs in the wrong direction. Like you're chasing after this thing and you, you, you've hoped for this thing, your dreams, your goals, you, every day I'm going after this thing with everything that I have, but in reality, it's taking away from your life than actually adding to your life. Love what it says in Job 6.11, he says this, what strength do I have left that I could keep on hoping? What goal do I have that would want to prolong my life? Because I believe the wrong goal will take from your life. The right goal will add to your life. And Job's like, what goal do I have that's going to make me wake up every day ready, full of purpose, full of passion to go after everything God has for me? But a lot of us, I think we're going after the wrong goals in the wrong direction. And here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. Wrong doesn't mean bad. It just doesn't mean the best. A lot of us, it's like there's nothing wrong with having earthly goals. But, but I think if we, if we put all our eggs in that basket, if we put all our chips toward making that goal our happiness, we're going to be sadly in for a rude awakening because we're going to be going after these things and wasting so much energy and waiting years later to realize, man, I look back and I wasted my whole year. I wasted two years, three years of my life going after something that I, if I would have just known earlier, I wouldn't have gone after it and wasted so much of my money, my time, my stress going after this thing. And here's the thing. Here's what I think is, is what's worse is that some of us don't even realize we're even going in the wrong direction, going after the wrong goal. And right now we are convinced, we are sold out that what we're going after is the thing. It is it. But in reality, it's the wrong direction. It's the wrong goal. And here, I, I came up with five things that can help you. Because maybe you're saying, okay, let me, let me do some self-evaluation. Let me see what goal I'm going after. And if it's the right goal or if it's the wrong goal. And here's the thing. There's five things I think if, if you correlate with one of these things, you'll realize if you're on the right track or on the wrong track. And here's how you know if you're chasing the wrong dreams or the wrong goals. First one is this. Uh, uh, you'll never leave your comfort zone. You'll never leave your comfort zone. Your goal should make you uncomfortable. Your goal should make you feel like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but God. I don't know if I'm going to see this ever get taken place. I don't even know if I'm going to see myself walking into this goal. If you don't leave your comfort zone, then, then it may not be the best goal, and you might be wasting your time over something that's going to be safe more than just achieving. Second one is this, is your goal isn't attached to the Bible. A lot of us, we, we're going after these things and we're, we're putting all of, our, all of our hopes and dreams on this goal. But, but in reality, they're, they're not attached to what the Bible has to say. And what actually is, we're going more for our own glory than giving glory back to where it belongs. A lot of us, it's, we're going after things and it's like, hey, but, but is, it, is, it, is it filtered through the gospel? Is it filtered through the Bible? Because here's the thing. I know that if I put my goal and I filter it through this book, it's going to be the best goal and I'm going to have an amazing life going after it because I know it's attached and it's going through the word of God and it's not my own journey. It's not my own, it's not my own strength. It's not just me, me, me. It's no, hey, God, what do you want to do through me that's going to bless me and help me in 2020? 
So is your goal attached to the Bible? Third one is this. You'll know it's the wrong goal when you aren't passionate about it. You're just doing it, but you don't really want to do it. Like you're working here, but I'm not passionate about working here. So maybe your goal isn't to say, hey, I need to, I need to how can I change my way to get further in this job, even though I'm not passionate about it, saying, hey, maybe 2020 is the year where I say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go after the thing that I'm passionate about, the thing that God has put in my heart, and that, make that the goal I'm going after. Fourth one is you might be going after the wrong goal if you're just following the crowd. I'm doing it because my coworkers are doing it. I'm doing it because my brother, that's, I mean, my, my brother's, you know, he, my brother does it, so I'm going to do it. My sister's doing it, so I'm going to do it. My aunt has been doing it for years, I'm going to do it. And you're just following the crowd and you have no identity for yourself. You have no dreams, that, like no self-sufficient dreams, no goals that you have just for you. But what you do is you look at what someone else is doing and you say, hey, I'm just going to attach my whole life onto what they're doing. Fifth and final, you might be going after the wrong goal if you're stuck with no plan. You're stuck. You, you, you think you have the right goal. I kind of I th- I think God's leading me here. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in this, but, but you're stuck and you have no plan. And maybe that's you here today, 2019. You're, you're, you're not really looking forward to 2020 because you were stuck in 2019. In 2020, you feel like, I have no plan, Phil. I don't have a goal. I don't know where to go. I feel like, my, I feel like I'm just wandering through life, going after things that, that don't matter, and I'm, 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 I'm lost. But here's the good news about being lost is that you don't have to stay lost. You don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to stay without passion. You don't have to stay without dreams. You can follow somebody that will get you the right goal. And here's, here's one thing. If you get one thing from this message is this. In order to find the right goal, you need to follow the right person. If you want to find the right goal, start by following the right person, and his name is Jesus. When you follow Jesus and you attach your being, your soul, to the mission and values of Jesus, then your life will change. It might not be easier right away, but you'll have a purpose. You'll have a vision. The path for your life will start to open. It may not make sense right away, but it's better than being lost on your own. Now I have Jesus in my life to help me get through 2020, not alone, by myself, stuck, no passion, no purpose. With Jesus following the right person, attaching myself to Jesus and his mission and his cause to help people in my city, to help people in my job, to bless my family. When you do that, your, your, your individual goals, what Jesus wants for you, it'll start to take shape. and It'll start to form and you'll see what God has intended you, why he created you, why he put you on this earth. And it won't be hard to find your goal because Jesus is with you, leading you every step of the way. I love what Paul is saying here because it's not going to be easy. Paul, in this scripture, he, this is what I love about Paul. I, I believe Paul was a sports fan. I believe he was a sport. I believe he was at the Olympics. He was watching the races because everything he talks about when it goes after this goal, going after following Jesus, it's all sports-based. We have to have an athletic mindset that we're going to train, that we're going to press to go after this goal. And so he says, hey, hey we're going to press towards the goal. But, but what he's doing, he's comparing life to a race. That, that life, life is a race and we have to run to win. We have to run with purpose. We have to run with everything we have. But, but we can't run successfully if we don't train. So you can go after your goal, but if you're not training, if you're not putting in the work, then you're going to be running, wasting energy and time that, that God doesn't want you to waste. And I love that. He, he, he kind of ties this up even more in 1 Corinthians. And I'm reading from the message paraphrase because I love how, how it, how it kind of just forms this verse. And it says this. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 25, it says this. You've been to the stadium. You've seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, but one wins. As a, as a follower of Jesus, you need to run to win. 
Christians are winners. You're a victor. You're not, you're not, you're not a victim. You, you, the moment you put your life in Jesus' hands, you're, you're victorious. So he's reminding, hey, run to win. All good athletes train hard. But, but here's the thing. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. Your, what, what your goal is, what you're after, that's gold eternally, forever. Doesn't end, doesn't change. It is always going to stay with you. Now, you might be hearing this and saying, well, Phil, this is kind of harsh, man. Like, you just kind of ruined all my goals that I had. And I didn't, that's not what I'm trying to do because here's, here's something in my own life that, you know, there's nothing wrong with having earthly goals. My goal growing up was to play college football. That was my dream. That was my goal. And every day since I was eight, everything I did, everything was calculated to make sure that goal was achieved. The training, the, the eating, the habits that I had all led to that moment. That was my goal. I want to play college football. That day came and I achieved that goal and I, I, I got to play college football. I had a successful college football career. It all worked out from 8 to 23 years old. I played football all my life. It was amazing. I love it. But I had one game where it was my final game. And the next day I had to graduate. And the next day I was home in Miami and it was gone. And it was over. And, and I'm 29 now and it's been six years since I've stepped foot on a football field. And every day I'm like, man, God, if I could just get one more snap, if I can get one more doubt, if I could just get one more play. Because in a football field for two and a half hours, I was in the happiest place I can be. I had no worries, no stress, no nothing. Not even my professors, my homework, nothing could stress me out. And I was happy and I was fulfilled. This is my goal. This is my dream. But, but it's tarnished and it fades. It doesn't make it bad. It just lets you know the hate, the things that we're going after. Even though they're good, they're going to fade away. And I can ask God as much as I want to take me back to that moment, and he won't. And so here I am, 23 years old. I graduated with a degree that I didn't really care about. All I knew was football, and I came back home to Miami, and I was lost. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. All I knew was football. All I knew was playing this sport that I loved, and now I have to figure out how to be an adult and how to figure out what my life's going to look like. But can I tell you, the moment that I started serving this church, from cleaning toilets to setting up chairs on a Friday night, the moment I started doing that and started getting serious about my relationship with Jesus, not just coming on a Sunday to receive, but saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to stop the relationships that I've been having. I'm going to stop hanging out with the people I've been hanging out with. And getting serious about Jesus is where I am today because of those things. Though the goal that I had was a good one, it faded. But when I got a better goal, when I attached myself to Jesus, it's where I am today. At 29-year-olds, I say I have purpose. I don't have to question my life. I don't have to wonder what my life is going to look like because I know Jesus is with me. And the same thing can happen for you. You may have a goal that is an amazing goal, but you feel lost and you feel like you don't know where your next step is. Attach yourself to the goal and mission of Jesus and watch your life change completely. It's as simple as having one goal That'll change everything. Now, going after Jesus and following after Jesus, like Paul says, it's not going to be easy. We have to think like an athlete. We have to train. And then there's three disciplines that we need to have in order to see the best year of our lives going 2020, going after the right goals, after the right person. Three disciplines that we need to do. And the first one is this. And this first one, it's going to sound a little bit kind of like a shocker. Why, why would this even be a discipline? But I'll explain in a moment. The first one is this. You need to have the satisfaction you're saying, well, Phil, don't we come here on Sunday and it's all about being satisfied in Jesus? Yeah, but what I'm talking about is more a healthy dissatisfaction. Look what the scripture says. Look, look what Paul's first verses say. He says this, not that I've already obtained all this 
or I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on. He's saying, hey, look, I'm content with my relationship with Jesus. I love Jesus. Jesus saved my soul. He saved my life. He changed my identity. He changed my name. But guess what? I've done a lot of great things, but I'm not satisfied. Oh, I've done some good things. I'm Paul the Apostle. I've, I've opened churches. I've, I've mentored people. But guess what? I'm not satisfied. Oh, I haven't obtained it all. Oh, I, I'm not there yet. So I press on. I'm dissatisfied with myself in a healthy way to say, hey, my life is great, but I know God wants more for me. My life is great, but I want more for myself. My life is great, but I know I can grow. My life is great, but I know I can do better. My life is great, but I know God wants to open more doors for me. So I'm not going to settle just being okay with 2019 victories. And so Paul's saying, hey, I, I, haven't, I haven't got it yet. I'm not there yet. And I have a goal that I'm going to press on and take what God did for me. Do we have that for ourselves? A healthy dissatisfaction to say, you know what? As I look at my 2019, as I look at my life in general, like there's got to be more, right? Like there's got to be more than just waking up on Monday and going to the same job, doing the same thing. Like there's got to be more out there, right? Like, like there's got to be more for my family, right? There's got to be more for my kids. There's got to be more for my job. There's got to be more for, there's got to be more for my life. And the truth is, there is. But until we're dissatisfied with what we have now, we'll never see the things that God wants to give us until we say, I can't stay here. I need to move. That's what Paul's trying to, he's trying to get people to move. Like, hey, Philippians, don't be satisfied. Press. Keep going forward. Don't be satisfied with just being the same old, same old. 2020, be dissatisfied and go after things and grow in your leadership, grow in your discipleship, grow in your biblical knowledge, grow in your prayer life, grow in your marriage, grow out of your dissatisfaction for just not settling. I read this quote by Nick Saban. If you don't know who Nick Saban is, if you're a Dolphin fan, you probably know who he is. But Nick Saban, uh, he's probably one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. He is an incredible leader. He's an incredible coach. And his philosophy on life and leadership is incredible. And he said this quote, and I think it ties in perfectly to what we're talking about, what Paul's trying to talk about. He says this, and they're going to have it up here. I'm just going to read it from my iPad. It says this, it's not human nature to be great. It's human nature to survive, to be average, to do what you have to do to get by. That is normal. He says this, when you have something good happen, it's the special people that can stay focused and keep paying attention to detail working to get better and not being satisfied with what they already accomplished. A lot of us, we're just so okay with being okay and average and just, this is my life, this is it, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stay here. And what that is, it's a comfort zone. Comfort zones are beautiful, but nothing ever grows there. They're awesome, they're great, but your life will never be fulfilled and your purpose that God has given you will never be shown to you if you stay in your little bubble of comfort. I believe this about comfort zones, that, that if you don't kill your comfort zone, it'll kill you. That if you don't get out of that comfort zone and say, I'm, I, I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to stay stuck in this addiction. I'm not going to stay stuck in this habit. I'm not going to stay stuck in this relationship that is toxic and toxic. I'm not going to stay being in debt. I'm going to be dissatisfied so much that I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and step into what God's best for my life is. But you got to be dissatisfied in a healthy, sanctified way. Second is this. Paul talks about, about, about devotion, dissatisfaction. The, the second thing he talks about devotion, look what he says in verse 13. He says this, 
he goes, he goes, there's one thing that I do. He goes, hey, I haven't, I haven't got there yet. I haven't achieved it, but, but one thing I do. Devotion is about doing one thing to your best of your ability. But what happens is a lot of us, instead of one thing, we do many things. Instead of one goal, we have many goals. Instead of one thing, we have a million things on our plate, and it gets in the way of the one thing that we need to be focusing on. Have you ever realized the power of concentration, the power of focus, to be laser focused on your goal, to get closer to Jesus, that nothing else will get in the way of that goal? Paul's talking about athletes, and how do athletes become the greatest? They specialize in one thing. The best athletes don't strive to do everything, but they specialize in one thing. A couple like Deion Sanders that could play football and baseball, they're, they're anomalies. But some of the greatest athletes on this planet have put all their hard work into one thing. If you play football, everything I do, everything, every, every workout, every skill that I'm going to do is going to help me in my craft. A football player is not going to be training with a baseball mentality because he has to focus on one thing. If I'm going to be great in this one thing, what am I going to do? I'm going to focus all my effort and my training and my skills to getting better in that one thing. I'm going to specialize in that one thing. Kind of makes me realize about, about racehorses. Racehorses are majestic creatures. They're powerful creatures. They're, they're, they're incredible in, in speed and size and, and power. But, but can you imagine if a horse didn't have blinders to protect himself in a race? Do you know why these horses have blinders? Because horses, they are hunted in the wild. God created them to have peripheral vision, meaning that they can see, they have their eyes at the sides of their heads, and they can see anything coming on the side of them, anything in the front of them. They can, have, they can see almost 360, and they can see everything around them. But to get a horse and to get a jockey on that horse without blinders would be a catastrophe. Why? Because the horse, its natural instinct, was to say, hey, there's something out there that's trying to hurt me. There's something out there that's trying to kill me. So I'm not going to be running straight. I'm going to run to the right. I'm going to run to the left. I'm going to do whatever I want to make sure I don't get eaten alive. And so what do they do? They put blinders. And what does that blinder do? It narrows their vision. It gives them laser focus. So all they can do is focus on one thing at a time. Okay, you know what? We're going to race. I got the blinders on. He's going one direction as fast as he can. No distractions, no hiccups, no nothing. And some of us need to do the same thing. Some of us need to look at our life and say, what do I need to put blinders on? Because this thing over here is distracting me. This thing over here is getting my attention too long. And I'm trying to get closer to Jesus. But this person over here is driving me crazy. I'm trying to get closer to Jesus, but I keep getting stuck with this financial debt. And what we need to do is get focused and devoted on one thing at a time and stop focusing on many things. Can you imagine if 2020, we got blinders on our spiritual life and said, for 2020, I'm going to pray the most dangerous prayers I've ever played in my life because I'm focusing on my prayer life. Can you imagine if I put blinders to the relationships that are toxic in my life and say, for one, I'm going to stay single for one year and give Jesus my whole entire life. See what can happen. Oh, I've been coming to church for years, but I haven't served. Why don't you focus on joining Dream Team and see how your life can change by serving the house of God. One thing, devoted to one thing, not many things. I know the struggle of, of having many things to look over. Like, like I, I, I haven't been diagnosed with ADD, but I think I have it. 
my, my mind can go everywhere. My eyes can go. You can ask my wife. Sometimes we're talking. I'm like, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do for the next two weeks. Like, I, I'm, I'm lost and I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. And I don't want to live life thinking about all these things. When I want to focus on a date night and my wife in front of me. And I don't even thinking about all these things around me. And sometimes I look at my life in 2019 and I, I look back and there's so many things that I've able to focus on that one thing. It might have been better. And I think about my family and sometimes church can get so crazy, so hectic that sometimes being at church can be getting in the way of me being the church to my family. And I, I focus on one thing and, 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 and my life will be better, but so many, I focus on many things and sometimes the relationships that need me don't get my attention because I'm focused on many things instead of one thing. My cousin needs me, my wife needs me, my friends need me, but, oh, but I got to do this, oh, but I, but I got this on my plate, I got, I, got, I got too many things going on. 2020, focus on one thing. You, you want to you lose weight? Get, get in the gym. One thing. Every, every three days a week, I'm, I'm going to be in the gym. That's what I'm going to do. I'll go from there. I'm going to get settled in this one thing, and then maybe I'll think about doing something else. But right now, I just need to focus on this. You want to you read the Bible in a year? Okay, that's great. That's awesome. Focus on it. Set your timer. Set your alarms. Do what you got to do. Focus on one thing, and then maybe think about doing something else. But but one thing at a time to get closer to Jesus. Third thing is this. We talked about the satisfaction, devotion, but Paul talks about direction. He says, the one thing I do, the one thing I'm personally doing, me, Paul, is I'm not looking behind. I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking ahead. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm forgetting what's behind me, and I'm looking towards what's ahead. I think so many times we could read this scripture, which I feel like we've heard before, but we, we kind of get it all wrong. You see, when Paul talks about to forget, it's not to erase 100% what's happened to you in your past. It doesn't matter how holy you are. It doesn't matter how biblical you are. It doesn't matter how strong you are mentally. Not one person on this earth can erase everything that's happened in their past that they don't want to remember. It's impossible. You can never truly forget the harms, that maybe the great successes you had. You can't forget them. It's impossible. It doesn't matter who you are, you cannot forget them. But what you can do is change your perspective on them. Paul's saying, hey, what, what do you, I'm forgetting what happened behind me, but what I'm doing is I'm changing my, my perspective of what happened behind me. Because me, Paul, I used to murder Christians. I arrested people for no reason. I was the number one enemy of the church. And I can live my life looking back at what I've done to people. I can spend all my life, all my, all my vision, everything can be looking at my past, but you know what? I'm going to forget about it. It happened. I'm not proud of it but I'm more focused on the future than I am the past. And Paul's saying, I'm not, I'm not looking at the past no more. To forget means to no longer be influenced by anymore. That, yeah, my past was ugly, but guess what? It can't touch me no more. Yeah, my, my past wasn't the greatest, but guess what? It can't hurt me no more. Yeah, my past was not very nice to me, but, I, but it doesn't hurt me no more because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. And I've been sanctified, I've been healed, I've been forgiven. And I know one day I'm gonna be in heaven with my father, and guess what? My past was ugly, but my future is way more promising so Paul's saying you want the right goal stop looking back in the, the wrong direction you need to look forward for your life it reminds me of this story of a of a, an, a famous race that happened in 1954 this was the race of the century John Landy versus Roger Bannister this is the equivalent if Michael Jordan somehow was in his prime physically again playing one-on-one -on -one versus LeBron two of the greatest considered greatest basketball players playing one-on-one mano-a-mano this was this race. John Landy, Robert Bannister were the best of their, they were the best of the best at their time. And they were racing one 
on one. And John Landy was the favorite. He was supposed to win it. The race starts. He's got the great pace. He's got it going on. He's got good vision. He's focused. He's ready. Final lap. Before he's about to finish the, the, before he's about to finish the finish line, something in his mind just kind of irks him. And Landy starts thinking. He goes, man, it's been a long race. Where the heck is Bannister? Is he even in this race? Did he give up? Did he forfeit? Like, where is this guy at? And what he does, his mind leads him to look back. And when he looks back to wonder where somebody else is, his stride falters, his speed slows down, and Bannister was right behind him this whole time and ended up winning the race by seconds. Because he looked back. Because he looked back. The victory was right in front of him. The goal, the prize, the vision, the hard work. But he, but he looked back. And some of us will never get to the goal that God has given us because we'll be looking back the whole time. Wondering, what if I could have done that better? What if I could have done that? Uh, what, what if I would have, uh, what? Hey, it's time to forget. And it's time to move forward. 2019, good or bad, it's done. It's over. I had a great 2019, but guess what? It's over. I'm, I'm looking forward to what God has for me, my wife, our ministry, our church, our pastor's lives, like their vision. I'm, I'm ready. I'm all in. The past is great, but I'm not going to worship the past when I could be walking into my future. So what, what goal do you have today? What goals do you have for 2020? I hope that it starts with getting closer to Jesus. And I mean, so like you're a pastor, you have to say that. Well, it saved my life doing that. And I wouldn't be here where I am if it wasn't me putting Jesus first. So what's your goal? I don't know. But if it ain't following Jesus, it might not be the best one. So today I just want to pray for a couple people as we wrap up service. If we could stand up to our feet and if we could just bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment of privacy and intimacy. I don't know, I just feel like as we go into 2020, why not, why not make a decision here? Why not? Why not make a stand and say, you know what? I'm not going to be focused on my past. My 2019 isn't going to define me. My, my past isn't going to hold me back from my 2020. My past isn't going to be the thing that derails my future. And I believe that as we pray, God will start to reveal some goals. God will start to heal some hearts. And I believe that, that you could step, you could take the, the step today to have the best year of your life going into 2020. And so as our, heads are, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, maybe that's you. You feel like the John Landy in your story of life. And you feel like you look back and you're stuck looking back and you can't shake the past. Maybe somebody hurt you. Somebody wronged you. Somebody did something that, that you just can't shake off. Maybe you're on the other spectrum. Maybe you're 2019 or your past has been great, but you're more focused on the past instead of focusing on the future God has for you. And you're just, you're just sitting on the, on the winds of last year, on the winds of two years ago. And you're just, you're, my, my business was great last year and I want to just remember my last. And, and you're stuck worshiping something that is not meant to be worshiped. 2020, brand new decade, brand new start. A brand new goal in front of you. Don't let the power of the past hold you. Don't let it grip you. In Jesus' mighty name, you can be freed from it. If that's you, you're gripped by the past, 
you're shackled by the past and you need Jesus to hold, you need the Holy Spirit to come and help you, minister to you. I, that's you on the count of three. You can just lift up your hand. One, two, three. Just lift up your hand. Thank you so much. Thank you. I see you guys. Awesome. Jesus, you see every single hand that is raised. God, I don't know their story. I don't know what their life looks like. I don't know what they've been dealing with. I don't know what has been hurting them. But Jesus, you are with them. God, you know what they're dealing with. You know the hurts of their past. You know what they're going through. And Jesus, I just pray in your mighty name that you would heal them from the hurts of their past. God, that, that, the, that, the, that the trials that they face in the past are not greater than what you have for them in the future. That you have triumphs waiting for them in the future, Lord Jesus. That, God, you have so many amazing things that all they have to do is take a step to get closer to you. To throw everything they have, their whole life, their whole being into your hands, Jesus. I pray that you would heal them in your mighty name, Jesus. That their past no longer defines them. Their past no longer holds them. Their past no longer grips them. They can be free in your name, Jesus. That they would have an incredible 2020, an incredible life going forward, Jesus, getting closer to you. Knowing that when you die on the cross, their, your past, their past no longer has power over them, Jesus.